Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. And remember, if you're watching on YouTube, right above you is the Join button. Just hit that button and join us and subscribe. But we're joined now by a guy who is a very successful attorney in Atlanta. He was a TV journalist, a sports journalist for many years. He's been a writer for decades working with me on the radio and and writing for 14 years now. Dear Lord God Almighty, I'm getting old. He's getting younger. And he should have been a football coach. I'm going to tell you why. Because as great of an attorney as he is and as great as a journalist as he is, if you met his wife, she is so far out of his league. If he could recruit her, he could recruit anybody Welcome to our leakly discussion around the world of the NFL, where we do talk Raiders, but we look at the league in general. My dear friend, not just a colleague, but a great friend. I love him like a brother. Johnny Shop. How you doing, Johnny? Ando, I'm doing well. And this stuff does run in my blood. I've got a great uncle, if you will, that played high school football for Paul Brown when literally the game was changing. I said, hey, how did this guy start calling plays? He said he started calling plays, which no coach was doing at the time, by sending the plays in with players pretty much each play. He'd send in a new offensive tackle. He'd send in a new wideout. 
call plays right there. So this stuff does run in my blood, and it's a lot of fun to chop it up. And we've been doing it 14 years. I got to tell you, our, our last week's episode went crazy. People loved it. They enjoyed it. I love the fact that it does Raiders, and it all impacts Raiders, but it also looks at the entire NFL. Johnny, we got three hot takes each week. Occasionally, we'll throw in an extra point. But this week, we're going to look at, at something that I found um, interesting, and I know that you did too in our prep, our, our pre-pod prep meeting. But it's grading. Now, I had a lot of people that said to me, um, hey, why are you grading people? And first of all, let's say this. The ultimate grade comes after year four. I get that. I understand it. So when I grade people right after the draft, we look at who they got, where they got, where the person is right now, what their potential is, all of that. That's all you can grade right now. I mean, listen, Max Crosby, there were people saying was a wasted pick and that now people would say it was one of the best picks in Raider history. People were saying Colton Miller was a wasted pick. Now he's one of the best left tackles. The point is we don't know till four years, but you can grade where they are right now. So let's just talk about that, the grading systems, your thoughts, because, man, I'm watching national outlets, winners and losers. And some of those same outlets called the Raiders losers for Max Crosby and Colton Miller. They don't know what they're talking about. I just rate them now based on where these players are today. I'd love your input. Yeah, the way I look at it is if you're going to grade a team's performance, maybe you'd consider a needs assessment. So if my team needed players at this position or this other position group, what did they do to address that? Did they address that through the draft? Do they now have three options for a backup tackle when they started really with zero? You look at that. And the other thing I think you can look at ranking-wise is was there a consensus about where this player was ranked and where did he fall in that? So if you're talking about getting a guy who was maybe the third ranked defensive tackle and you pick him up in the fourth round, you can say, hey, I think they apparently did pretty well there. At the same time, sometimes we see those wild cards. and I don't think there have been too many in recent years where it's like, wait a minute, this guy's like the eighth wide receiver on most people's boards and somebody jumped up in the second round or late in the first round to take him. That looks like a whiff. We can go down some of those players and you can look at the quarterback position. I can think of a couple that are either borderline out of the league or are in a spring league where they were taken way too high. But when you look at grading, what are we grading? Are we grading? Did we meet our needs in this draft or have we teed up what will be done next in free agency? And is there something that stands out, really stands out? Like we took this guy way later in the draft than we would have expected, meaning we did really well, or did we take the 10th rated quarterback in like the second round and really we're running a risk? You know, I'm going to go back to the last Raiders draft where they really loved Devin Witherspoon. They would have gladly taken him at seven if the board had fallen, you know, differently and he was there. They, they loved him. But they also, in that, liked Jacorian Bennett. And that was a guy that they really liked as well. Um, and, and, and like you said, somebody else may not like them. They don't want a corner who's willing to come up and run support. It's like Aiden O'Connell. 
the quarterback from Purdue. They loved him. <clears throat> if the guy would have come out, which a lot of people wanted him to in 21, he would have been a first or second round pick. Comes back, has, you know, some some things change at Purdue, some situations. They pick him in the, I think it was the fourth round. They pick him in the fourth round. But a lot of people had Aiden O'Connell as the number one pure pocket passer or number two. And if the Raiders had him higher on the board, they stole him at four. You just never know, do you? No, but we actually talked about the quarterback situation pertaining to the rookie cap last week, and all of a sudden we see it here playing out with the Raiders. You also look at their situation with the cornerbacks. Uh, what are they going to do? They obviously address it a little bit in the fourth round, but they may have positioned themselves, and did they position themselves to really now attack that when you look at free agency and undrafted free agents? I also look around the, the division. What do you think of what the Chiefs did? They moved up, I think, three times to get specific players or be able to choose from specific players. You think they rolled the dice a little bit, or do you think this is a team, given their position, if you're not going to roll the dice now, you're never going to roll them? Well, here's where their position was. They didn't need all their draft picks because their roster's pretty set. There's just a couple of places where maybe a guy can come in and earn a spot. So their feeling was, hey, if there's a guy I want, and boy, I'm sure he'll make my team. I'm willing to give up some picks on guys I don't have room for to go up and get that guy. It made sense. Just like you saw with the Raiders. There were some guys they really wanted. So, hey, that guy's going to make my roster. I'm going to move up and target him. And that's why I think when you look at grading drafts, I look at the draft grades, and this is how we do it. Where's that player right now? Where did other teams have them on their board? Um, what were other teams thinking? How do they fit in your system? But these people drafting right now, Buster Boom, shut up. You don't even know what you're talking about. No, and, and the reason you talk about that fourth year is because there's a general consensus, as I'm sure you've explained before, that a player is athletically about going to reach his peak when you combine that with his football knowledge, his football skill, his development around that year four is when we should see should see the best of whatever a player has. And that's a reasonable time to give them a grade. We've seen some guys come out of the box terrifically and fade. We've seen the other way, obviously. When I look at the Raiders draft board, I see a lot of major colleges represented. I see a lot of specific coaches, even looking at what are the position coaches that coach them and what have they done to produce guys prepared to exceed at the league. So when you see defensive lineman from Alabama, quarterback from Purdue, and a safety from Georgia, you're thinking to yourself, okay, these guys are probably in position to succeed, to reach their peak in that fourth year, and they're probably worth drafting versus guys that are in that different category of the undrafted free agent. You know, Johnny, one of the things I, I thought was kind of humorous, and I think you'll appreciate this, but when you look at drafts and you look at how people draft – I find it fascinating. Now, you remember, because for years we covered college together and recruiting. So I'm, I'm going to use college because I don't want to give up any of my NFL sources. But I remember when Glenn Mason was the coach at University of Minnesota. He was very good at developing running backs. Super good at developing running backs. Just like Nebraska, linemen. Offensive and defensive linemen. So... When I've got a guy in the draft, let's say at corner, and there is one team 
that I have a very good source on whose team didn't need a corner, wasn't going to pick a corner. And he had told me before the draft that they had three, they had Devin Weatherspoon above everybody else, but Christian Gonzalez and Jacorian Bennett right there. Now, his opinion means a lot more to me because they have a proven track record of picking corners, developing corners. And to me, a guy with a track record who's done it, you know, you can get a first year kid out of law school that may end up being the greatest litigator in the history of the world. But if I need somebody today, I want somebody that says, hey, I've won 10,000 cases in what you need me on. Do you see my point there? I do. And I think when you look at people who drafted, let's just take, for example, Georgia Bulldogs that played defense. I'm looking at the Philadelphia Eagles. It's very clear in this case that they see a pattern and they see a foundation of knowledge, of development, and of really maybe of a player's ability to learn. It's something that's going to translate to the NFL level. There are certainly plenty of guys that have been undercoached or maybe been in different systems at the college level who are such great athletes that a team is worth, yeah, we're going to take a, take a shot and draft him. Maybe we draft him later than if he was a fully developed guy. But when you talk about cornerback, you're talking about, at worst, the third most important position on an NFL roster, on an NFL field in a given play. You'd better be considering the pedigree, the coaching probably all the way back to before the high school level. And when you talk about scouting and investment in scouting, that's some of the stuff that really ends up paying off down the road, maybe in year four, maybe beyond. If all of a sudden you got a guy that started for more than four years who was not a first or second round draft pick, there's reasons that those kind of things happen. When you look at where these players came from, it's not that hard sometimes to track why this franchise and this franchise have had success and maybe some of these other haven't. When you look at further, you take a look back into a player's background, how he was coached, who he was coached by, and what kind of system or what kind of fundamentals they were learning. Now, John, I want to go to our next subject. You touched on it, teams that invest in scouting. You know who my source is. We're not going to reveal it. But I had a, a NFL executive. Um who said to me, you know, the teams that are constantly getting good drafts are the ones that are constantly invest investing in scouting, which makes sense. I, I want to go back <clears throat> because, as you know, I, you and I together covered Michigan State in the Big Ten for decades. Um, Mark D'Antonio, when Michigan State football was at its peak, um, did a lot of things right, but it hurt his players that he was so cold and closed door to NFL scouts. I, you know, we talked about it, why we were there. <clears throat> I had NFL scouts <clears throat> that said to me, I would not send anyone to Michigan State, not because Mark's not a good coach, not because they can't develop people, but as a scout, I can't get in and see them. And he told me that he believed multiple Michigan State kids were drafted way lower than they should have been, cost them money, and some not drafted because of the exposure. Let's talk first about investing in scouting. From a college standpoint, that is why Nick Saban is loved, because they embrace NFL scouts. He wants them there. He wants them to watch. He thinks practices are better 
when scouts are there, because he tells his guys, hey, see those guys? Those are scouts. They're watching you today. Let's first talk about it from a college perspective. I don't understand schools in, in 2023 or even back in 2000, Mark D'Antonio, 2007, that were close to the – they just hurting their kids. And now it's starting to impact because players are learning this and being pushed to those schools. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes you're a little bit ahead of the curve. Sometimes you're a little bit behind the curve. And that specific example, you're talking about a program that was a little bit behind the curve in that way, in that fashion. It did harm them. The trend, which arguably Saban led, was to open the doors for scouts to come in and take a real good look. How's this guy move between periods? How's this guy take coaching, et cetera? How's he take it over maybe a period at a time. Maybe this is the third or fourth time I'm here in the course of, of 18 months. So the trend now is it's wide open and we've got more video. We've got more access than ever. Unfortunately, that specific program was a little bit behind in that at the time. And when you talk about scouting, you talk about it being really, I think at the NFL level, track the success. Those that have invested in scouting over a long term tend to have more long-term success tend to have lower, uh, you know, tend to have higher, a higher ceiling and also a higher floor. They're not going up and down as much. We've seen franchises that maybe historically did not invest in scouting. You can get some dumb luck here and there, but I can think of one that's maybe been to a Super Bowl recently that historically didn't do much with scouting, didn't have much to show for it, and maybe their tune changed, then all of a sudden they've got a much better roster than they had. Uh when they weren't putting that money in. So when you look at those, all the NFL franchises, there is a reason that some of them tend to draft better, tend to find undrafted free agents, tend to mine the talent pool consistently better than others. It's not just maybe luck. It's maybe not just one magical mind or two. I would like to see who's spending what on scouting. I don't think we'll ever get to see it. But there's a direct correlation between who's spending what and who's having more consistent success. Well, one thing that the Raiders have done with Dave Ziegler and with Josh McDaniels is they're overhauling that. They're they're in they're investing in <clears throat> in scouting. They're putting it out there. I think it just makes the organization better. So we talked about it from the college standpoint, but NFL standpoint. I mean, you know what league executive told me that. That's somebody that would know. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And and when he said to me, you know, the teams that are constantly drafting high because they're not good are consistently the teams spending the least amount of money on scouting. I thought that was fascinating because, I, to be honest, I wouldn't have thought of it. No, I would have probably thought that it's more of just everybody's doing about the same thing and getting about the same results. But I remember us talking about a decade ago when the Packers roster was really stocked and that didn't happen accidentally. They had a lot of good players that people didn't even know because they were so deep in the roster. And we've seen that ebb and flow a bit. We've seen some franchises that have pretty consistently drafted pretty well. And we've obviously recently seen a couple that have almost said, I don't really care about the draft. We got a bigger thing going on here. Um, and when you talk about the Rams specifically, they put a humongous investment in their undrafted free agent process. And it's a process that they have teed up and organized and ready to go probably the second the draft is done. 
not only are there 30 some different NFL franchises competing every week on the field during the fall and winter, you've got the same franchises arguably competing on a scouting operation, probably 52 weeks a year. That is a, an unturned uh, rock for most of the fans of the NFL and even a lot of super fans. We don't know that much about it. There's a whole lot going on in there and we're going to see the fruits of it much, much sooner than later. We now see undrafted free agents and we now see, obviously we see some undrafted free agents in the hall of fame, Vinatieri, Antonio Gates, et cetera. We also see undrafted free agents make teams and seem to make impacts pretty quickly in the year. I'll give you an example of one that may come about. I think the Seattle Seahawks do not have a long snapper as of this time. I'm guessing they're going to be mining that field of undrafted free agents to find a guy that can fill that very specific specialist role that every team's got to have. Look at Tabor Pepper, who is a great friend of mine. Uh, He's the long snapper of the San Francisco 49ers and a great friend. Shout out Tabor. Love you, brother. Um, I mean, that's a, there are so many UDFAs and so many players that are out there. The game isn't just about, the the top seven picks let's talk about luke masterson last year for the raiders this is a linebacker tough as nails got in played when he played he shined he just needs more reps to be a great team in the nfl you got to build through the draft but to be a great team in the nfl you can't only build through the draft we know that is true you've got a whole lot of moving parts You are absolutely faced to evaluate free agency and do something about it literally every single year, even if it doesn't impact this year, what's going to happen in the next year or two, especially when we talk about the rookie wage scale like we did last week. And there is such a incredible, it's such an incredible thing to watch every NFL season and watch guys that are, you know, signed off the street, if you will. Well, all those guys are in reality, they're undrafted almost always undrafted free agents or or they're out of the league at one point, but that stuff does not happen by accident. So I wonder if we underestimate the continuing cultivation of who could be on our roster, what needs do we have and how far down the pecking order can we go? So if we do all of a sudden need a long snapper, if God forbid a Tipper pepper is injured, how quickly can the 49ers pull in four guys who are ready to compete for a long snapping. We see some of that behind the scenes stuff and hard knocks, but you cannot underestimate from an organizational standpoint, especially one for the Raiders that are trying to take a big step forward, how important that is. And it doesn't get there without the investment that we just talked about. And you know, one thing that people are not seeing, and I'm not blaming them. I'll I'll give you an example. When I built my first house, And it seems like it takes forever before it starts going up. But because no one understands you got to put footings and you got to, you know, run piping and electrical. And I mean, there is so much that goes in. All they saw was the house when they drove by and said, wow, your house is beautiful. They didn't see all the stuff. And, And one of the things that I am impressed with Dave Ziegler, the Raiders general manager and Josh McDaniels with is they came in and they're building the foundation of a winner. That's why these teams are so good. 
That's why these teams are good every year because they have a base and, and have a foundation. John, I want to get your take because we're talking about the NFL. I mean, the ratings again, absolutely through the roof. It's on two networks. ESPN, NFL didn't hurt the ratings, just made them even better. There's that sense of competition. There's that sense of everything. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when they came to, when the NFL network came out, you and I are like, what are they going to show? And now the NFL has just gotten so huge. I would like your thought process after watching the draft this weekend, just how big it's become. It literally has become the greatest reality TV show. Yeah. Look, it surpassed my expectations. When you saw the setup in Kansas city, they had like that inner circle and then that outer that was obviously completely full the first night okay i got it that makes sense when i saw that thing that full the second night i was really surprised and the nfl did a great job if my understanding is correct they had a a concert for folks after the second night of the draft which is a great idea to keep them there but let's be honest that's a whole lot more people showing up in the park there in kansas city i think than anybody could have reasonably expected one night okay we get it um seeing a huge crowd in, in Broadway and Nashville. Okay. In Las Vegas. Okay. But in Kansas city, I know they just won the super bowl, but this is a humongous cultural event that nobody could have ever seen the annual NFL player selection meeting turning into. And we see the news recently here that the last super bowl was turned out to be the all time most watched. It's difficult to figure ratings these days. Cause they're not all TV. They're not all on one channel. You've got, streaming and a whole bunch of other stuff going on, but there's no stopping the NFL. People just love it. And they still have room to grow and get better. Some of us still think the game day roster size needs to be expanded. We want to see the best of the sport that we can. And I, I, I don't want to see the drop off from the second injury to a tackle all the way down here. I want to bigger game day roster. And for God's sake, what about the 49ers quarterback situation last year? That was almost a humongous, humongous story. But the sport is only getting bigger and better. Player safety looks like it's being addressed on a regular basis. They've got growing pains with obviously the integration of gambling into the sport and how you keep it out of the sport so it doesn't mess with the competition at all. But as far as a popularity standpoint goes, all you had to do is turn on the wide shot of that draft on the second night of the draft, the people are stretched all the way back out. It's unbelievable. Who has, I mean, I'm happy that the folks enjoy themselves, but who has that time, that, that love, that much passion for anything that many people showed up for the draft. There's no shortcut to that. They didn't phone it in or click a button. They got in their car or they walked over and they were there. That is a humongous statement. It's not to be underestimated. Agree with you 100%. All right. He's the great Johnny Shop. Joins us each and every week. Wonderful man. Remember, you're listening to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Raiders Today, the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click to join. Johnny, I appreciate you being with us. Young buddy, yet, once yet again. Thank you, my friend. See you soon.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.